This, 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 this is mythical. What's the best sparkling water? The Sport Crew says they have the answer. Check out their ranking of the best sparkling waters on the market, flavored or not. Hey, do you know that grape nuts were invented to stop men from frosting their own flakes, from appling their own jacks, from sugaring their own snacks? I hate this place. Get me out of here. Welcome to hell. This, this is, is a hot, hot dog, dog is a sandwich. sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Sher. And I'm your host, Nicole Inaidi. And today, Nicole, we are talking about whether or not cereal can temper Masturbatory urges, because that is at least what... Masturbatory? Masturbatory. You have planetary observatories, Uh you have planetary masturbatories. A place where you just go to... (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I know what that means now. Correct, correct, correct. So there is a... Can cereal stop you from doing that? Yeah. I don't think anything can stop you from doing that. Only uh, the power of God. Unless you don't have hands. Um, No, well, there is a pervasive myth out there that you see every once in a while, and we've vaguely touched on it, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to go into the shocking origin stories of pretty much every major cereal in America and how it actually started. Because you get some meme that somebody sends us. They'll be like, did you know that cornflakes were invented to stop people from masturbating? And it's a vast, vast oversimplification. And you got to think the amount of religiosity in America back when these flakes were invented, which was in the late 1800s, Mm -hmm. um, John Harvey. Quakers? What? Were there Quakers around at that time? No, so the Quakers did the... Oh, so Quakers were around at the time. Quakers are around at this time. I was at a wedding in Jersey and I went by a Quaker church. No way. Quakers are like prevalent yeah. in the U.S.? I don't think they're like super popular, oh, but they don't have like the mega church. Justin Bieber ain't going to worship <laughs> at a Quaker church, but yeah, there's still a fair amount of Quakers. Were they called Quakers because their bodies used to shake when they would pray? Yeah. No, actually, that's that's, that's, so that's, that's cool. the reason. Uh, Quakers were also early leaders in the abolition movement. Fourth in grade history. <laughs> Honestly, Quakers seem super chill. I got some Quaker cousins out in Eastern PA, mm. um, big Quaker Haven out there, but no. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Quaker oat Um, cereal? Wasn't sure if there was a... It's a vast oversimplification of what the deal was, Mm -hmm. and it really all stems to Sylvester Graham and Graham Flower, the inventor of the Graham Cracker. Love Graham Crackers. Love Graham Crackers. They haven't stopped me from touching myself, though. (laughs) No, me neither, right? Which is crazy. And I eat a lot of Graham Crackers, and I do a lot of, you know, cereal as well. I eat a lot of Graham Crackers, and I actually like them when they're a little bit stale. Same. Fun fact about me. That is a fun fact. Um, what make what what do you think makes a graham cracker a graham cracker? Um, the fact that it's got it's like in a sheet and it has holes in it and it's a little bit sweet and it's a little bit soft. What's the what's the color of a graham cracker? Brown. It's brown, right? So the whole boring. What brown is boring? What, no. What what do you want? Oh, what do you want? What color do you want it to be? I don't know. Maybe the colors make the urges. Well, what color is a normal cracker? Also brown. Yeah, but like tan, right? Light, light tan. Graham crackers are browner than a normal cracker. Because of cinnamon. No. Yes. Because of graham flour. Oh. Ah, that's what I was getting at. God, <laughs> that took a long time. We're so smooth at transitions. <laughs> we are so in. All right. So graham flour, um, <laughs> this is going somewhere. This is going somewhere. Because Graham Flower, Sylvester Graham, uh, born in the late 1700s, uh-huh. and he invents Graham Flower in the 1830s. Uh, his mother and father both suffered from mental illness mm-hmm. and um, alcoholism. And so he joined the temperance movement. And he bounced around from like relative's house to relative's house. He worked uh-huh. in a tavern and he what? saw the horrors of what intemperance. Is, sorry, what is Graham Flower? What is Graham from? What do you mean? Like, what is Graham Flower? 
Oh, so gram flour yeah. is wheat, but okay. it's effectively whole wheat flour, right? Oh, but okay. this was at a time when almost all the flour coming out, there's a very strange thing that happened with the Industrial Revolution okay. where we took all of the Earth's natural products, right? Yes, yes, yes. And we used to grind whole wheat flour into bread and all bread was whole wheat bread for mm-hmm. like quite a long time in human history because we were like, this is the plant. You grind it. And, Naturally. Yeah, sure. but then, you know, in, uh, I believe it was, God, the Middle Ages in Europe, um, they would, you know, grind the flower, and then the term flower literally comes from, like, flora. Flowering, yeah. Like, flower, wheat flower used to be spelled F-L-O-W-E-R. It used to be Was the same. really? I had no idea. Because it is effectively, they're calling it the flower, which back then it meant, like, the choicest part. It meant, like, the filet. Mm. Like, oh, this is the flower of the wheat. Like, this is the good stuff. We've taken the germ. The sticks and stems out. Yeah, we have no seeds, no stems, no sticks. That real powdery, powdery, ooh-wee. Yeah. Put it in your cakes, you know what I mean? Um, but they took the the germ and the chaff and what is it like the endosperm, endosperm off of the wheat and they refined it and that became a status symbol where people were like, this is wow. great. We have this lovely refined white bread. Industrial revolution happens. People are all now crowding into cities and factories are eating a bunch of refined white flour. They're getting drunk all the time. Uh, Sylvester Graham sees this happening and there's, of course, tuberculosis yeah. and cholera outbreaks constantly Ugh. because people are crowded and sanitation's not that good. And so there were a bunch of ways that people tried to qualm these problems, right? And, you know, modern medicine was sort of in its swing, but still 200 years behind where we are today. Did they ever think of, like, just stopping? Stopping what? Drinking? Yeah, but that's tough. And you need alcohol to get you through the day. I see. But also back then, you know, water wasn't as potable. So you, you're drinking ale all the time. This is such a good history lesson. Um, okay, but great. no, but there, there was a massive... Uh, you know, movement to get people to stop from drinking. That's the temperance movement, mm-hmm. which Sylvester Graham joins. And he then uh, studied um, under a theologist who was sort of on the cutting edge of vegetarianism at the time. People were like, hey, to stop cholera, you need to drink a bunch of port wine and eat meat because that makes you strong. And then people were like, hey, I don't know, maybe let's yeah, consider yeah. a vegetable <laughs> and some water. Uh, but anyways, it's sort of like the modern history of health food movements. And that's where Wild. almost all cereal comes from. So Graham flour is invented. And then in the 1860s, you get James Caleb Jackson, who was kind of part of that um, wave. Wave. Uh, he invents granula. He believed that illness was all rooted in the stomach. And so he was like, yo, vegetarianism is very godly and good and seems to upset your stomach less. So he had a uh, sanitarium, uh, which was like a people would go to sanitariums to cure tuberculosis because, like, everyone had tuberculosis back then. okay. Yeah, so he has a sanitarium. He starts feeding the cereal. He calls it granula. Eventually turns into granola. granola. And so that tends to be the origin of pretty much every breakfast cereal. Wild. But then you get into the weirder things as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So then you get into the Battle Creek Sanitarium of John Harvey Kellogg. Kellogg. he's given yeah. people, you know, three-liter yogurt enemas to try and cure oh, their stomach Oh, is this the yogurt enema guy? This is the yogurt enema guy. Oh, my God, this guy. So then from Kellogg, you get C.W. Post, who was okay. an employee. He tried to make a caffeine and coffee-free alternative drink to the morning, and he tried to brew it through wheat clusters. And then he was like, ooh, this tastes like crap. But then he ate some of them wheat clusters, and he was like, these are pretty good, and he called them huh. grape nuts. Are you telling me grape nuts were made through Filtering coffee through them? That was the original emphasis behind it. So if you look at like three major cereals of Kellogg's, which started with cornflakes, Post, which started with grape nuts, and again, all these places have expanded their lines like crazy. Huge. And then the other really big player in this around that time was Chex. 
Oh, shoot. I love Chex. I love Chex, too. And then you get Chex Mix, which, oh, my God, the Bold Party Mix, Nicole, has the highest amount of MSG, I swear to God, of any (laughs) snack food in it is delicious. All MSG and white pepper. Um, But Chex Uh kind of takes the religious extremism of this movement. And, And again, this was popular at the time, but not exactly mainstream, not like a majority of people were, you know, in the temperance movement and doing this kind of stuff. And were people, people weren't eating breakfast cereals at like a large rate, were they? No, this was all very niche mm. health food stuff at the time. And I kind of want to get into this later uh-huh. of trying to figure out what the modern equivalent is because history is a circle, right? When, uh, But like, what would the average American eat for breakfast gruel? Well, so there was like a big, um, I mean, people just ate like bread and cheese all the for time. Breakfast. But at, at, around this time as well, early 1900s, when this is going on, there's sort of this big PR campaign from uh, the pork board Mm -hmm. to get people to eat bacon because they're like, hey, these vegetarian religious yahoos want you to eat cereal. We don't like that. We got to get back to eating meat for breakfast. And so they got a bunch of doctors to say that factory workers especially, which a lot of people going from farm to factory at that point, they were like, workers especially, you need healthy protein in your diet. Nothing's healthier than bacon. Bacon. (laughs) Um, So that was a a swing after that. So the vegetarians were so, like, they were strong enough to alert the pork board, like, hey, there's something going on. we got to really work hard to get them in. Yeah, and it's one of the strongest PR campaigns of all time. uh, And there's a bunch of crazy stuff about literally just paying doctors to write endorsements for bacon as part of a healthy breakfast. And then, you know, fast forward 100 years and like, you know, my dad's cooking pancakes and bacon fat sure. on a Sunday morning. Sure. Um, but the crazy story around this is checks. So checks, again, all this stuff is sprung off of this illness and illness and intemperance are caused by the stomach. The things you eat affect the way you think. Okay. And so checks was originally part of the Ralston checks company. Okay. It was actually Ralston Purina. A dog food. Purina dog food. And their, okay. lo- and their logo is? A checkerboard. A checkerboard. Check Holy cereal, crap. checkerboard logo. Um, but the Ralstonites were an incredibly deranged, um, very racist, white supremacist, no religious way. cult that believed if you ate such a pure and sound diet, that you could be so pure of mind, only white people though, that you mm-hmm. could h- achieve mind control. So... That's the origin of most breakfast cereals. Wait, wait, wait. Why is cereal, why are cereal creators so crazy? Because a lot of this, so I, I, the question I really want to answer is what is the modern day equivalent? And I think we can get to some things, but they're crazy because it's, that was almost all health food wackos who were ambitious enough to be able to make big waves and get their product to market but like they mind tend to con- have crazy but like, beliefs but like mind control due to what you eat that's a little bit out there even oh, like in the 1920s or whenever it came out 100 percent, it's out there um so yeah that that is the origin of most breakfast cereals mm-hmm. but nicole you know what cereal doesn't have a paranormally racist origin story to it i can only guess is it mishmash, mishmash. hey good news mythical came out with its own brand of cereal it's called mishmash and it comes in two flavors we have was it peanut butter honey sandwich that's right and sweet mac and mallow i the peanut butter honey sandwich is genuinely one of my favorite cereals it's ever read pretty dang good and speaking of cereal being a health food originally uh cereal eventually took a complete 180 turn you had cereals like captain crunch which was actually the first product to pioneer spraying a thin layer of oil genius on it to get sweetener to stick, to, stick to, it, to it yeah yeah genius. Uh, which is really great um but uh lucky charms first to have marshmallows in it 
But then came Mishmash. Uh, and it's actually, it's not too sweet, but it is still sweet enough to where you feel like you're eating a little treat, but you actually like taste the wheat in it. And yeah. I just really like it. And it's really great. And you should buy it. You go to eatmishmash.com and you can buy it direct to your mouth holes. I can't wait to see what people are going to say when they eat it. I think I'd be really stoked. I think uh, the sweet, the mac and mallow. I mean, that's a, it's a macaroni shaped cereal. The first of its kind. The first of its kind. That, that we know of, probably, right? That was such a good, like, ad, Josh. Thank you so much. That it was, was natural. natural. And then, <laughs> Rhett, Link, you and I are going to start our own sort of religious cult based off really of the nutritional properties of that. I really don't want to. But if there were to be a modern-day strange religious cult around health food, like there was with, I mean, cereal, this was going on for, like, 50-plus years, what do you think it would be? Erewhon $20 smoothies. But but what's actually in the $20 smoothies? Like, what does it promise? Maca I want you to get root. into, like... To look, well, it's endorsed by Haley Bieber, so you're going to look like Haley Bieber. But, like, what is the active ingredient? Is it collagen? Is that the thing? It's, like, collagen, strawberry, like, a hyaluronic acid. She has, like, a skincare line called Road. And What do all these things do for you? They just make you look attractive? I guess. not. That- I mean, they don't make you look attractive. Like, collagen, you know, helps with... With uh, elasticity in your skin. But what do, why, why do you want your skin to be elastic? Because, what do you mean? Youth. Well, to youth, to, which makes you look more... Good. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's all <laughs> just... It's it's meant to make you look hotter. The smoothie's trying to make you look hotter. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, that's a pretty powerful way to start a cult. There's a big practice in um, the cult world. They, they call it... What is it called? Like, honey potting? Where just, love bombing. Love bombing. Is it love bombing? Mm-hmm. Well, they take like a really attractive, oh, generally honey youthful. Pot. That's, that's, that's honey, honey potting. potting. A really attractive, youthful person. I believe Children of God were ones that that mm-hmm. did this a lot. Um, and they would just like have them stand on the side of the road and they'd just be like, hey, sailor, you want to get in this van? And they'd be like, sure do, honey. And then they would join the cult. <laughs> so that would be a powerful one with Haley Bieber's uh, smoothie. I think that's the only equivalent I can think of when it comes to like intense... <laughs> I don't know. Just like intense belief yeah, systems yeah, yeah. around sure. that. But that belief system is all rooted in wanting to be hot. Yeah. But these cereals weren't about being hot because hotness wasn't quantified like that. No, this, I mean, this cereal was like, a cereal was... Not this cereal, not mishmash. Also about the, the need to temper masturbatory urges. It's like, that was like... Why is that so important? One one hundredth of it. And also all religious institutions back there were telling you to stop masturbating. Wait, but- so anything that was related to religion was somehow involved in that but that was not the original aim the original aim was to literally like cure all of society's ills but did they really think that breakfast cereal was the answer to that i mean they 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 thought that that? diet was right so not breakfast cereal but they thought diet was you are what you eat i get that but there comes a time where you're like okay maybe medicine might be useful here yeah i mean this is you know 1830s when this starts and so you didn't exactly have i mean have the answers in in the 1910s they were just putting heroin and cough syrup because they're like this is all we know about medicine right now we can we can figure that out later. My thing that I'm fascinated by and that nobody seems to quite understand and people are making really bold claims hmm. about it, gut health. Oh, well, yeah. Well, Haley Bieber smoothie also has gut health. Of course it does. So it. does all these, like, the, the cereals... They all had, there's like, oh, this is whole wheat flour. And Sylvester Graham in 1830 was just like, hey, this will maybe not lead you to drink alcohol. If you live a healthy life and you feel good, you're not going to want to drink, right? And this this is whole wheat flour. It makes you feel good. You're not just, you know, constantly hammered and shoved full of red and salted red meat, you know? So maybe there's some merit in what these... But cool, then, but then that over the course of 60 years turns into like, yeah, and hey, if you eat it, only if you're white, you can control people's minds. So that's how this stuff evolves. 
So I want to see how the gut health cult evolves over the next 30 years hmm. to then get me to join a weird commune out in Ohio because it's going to happen. I'm interested to see if like if there's any intersection between gut health and cereal because I don't know about you, but cereal is a big no-no in this like community. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. No, I think cereal cereal has been like surpassed by Greek yogurt, which Uh is a gut health thing. Like you literally see the effects of this happening in large scale economic shifts Mm -hmm. where like cereal you've seen on its way out and then Greek yogurt on its way out, which is why we have the antidote. Buy this. Come join our cult. We have a commune out in Ohio. I don't condone that behavior. Um, But no, and and a lot of that has to do with the way that people's perceptions of health have been shifting, right? Now- We've been dealing with like 40 years of like carb phobia. Sure, sure. Which I, we're all, we're all victim to it. Of course. We're all victim to it. You are, you are, you are, I am, he is, all of us. (laughs) Going through the in and out drive. Julia. (laughs) Julia takes the top bun off of her hamburger. Aw, I dated a guy who did that. Why you? That's weird. I always eat her top bun then. I take the top bun and I swipe it through all the fillings that have fallen out of her hamburger after that. But the point is, Greek yogurt, there's like two splits in this cult right now. Uh Uh-huh. Protein cult, which, do you see, dude, what did I eat before this podcast? Do you see what I was doing? Big bar? I don't know. No. I took I, I don't turkey. Watch you. I, I don't took watch turkey you. lunch meat and I diped it in our and I diped it in our nice chambord. <laughs> Did you say diped? I diped. It? I diped my turkey slices. I, I eat. I have to eat fifty grams of protein every four hours, he or I feel to. like I haven't completed my. Or else day. he's gonna scream. And it's gonna make me strong. It makes me strong in in body, in mind, in spirit. Am I a gut health person? I am. So I think that's the two biggest splits right now. You have like. The very masculized, uh-huh. right? You got all these alpha dog podcasters out there telling you you got to eat 200 That's grams of protein Josh. a day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then you have the somewhat more feminine. This is the yogurt cult. And we're talking about in stereotypical terms that I don't necessarily agree with. Then you got the yogurt, gut health, collagen, smoothie, girly cult. That's me. A little bit. No, 100%. You, <laughs> Nicole, bit. what was the uh, coconut probiotic yogurt? What does that do for you? Oh, the coconut cult yogurt? Yeah, yeah. I have a spoonful every morning. What does it do? <laughs> you want me to say it on this podcast? Tell them, yeah. This Children is Children listen to health. this podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them. It makes me feel good. <laughs> it makes me feel... It's like taking a, a multivitamin. A spoonful of multivitamin. But are these things like... Do you like, take vitamins? What? Do you take vitamins? No, I don't believe in vitamins. At all? No, I think vitamins exist, but I think if you eat a varied enough diet, you get all of not all only the vitamins, the vitamins uh-huh. but the provitamins that you need to activate those vitamins. I heard yes. it on... Provite? So I heard it on a guy who once had a buddy who was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he said that. <laughs> and he said not to take vitamins. And he said that if I eat elk meat, then I'll finally be big and strong, and my dad will love me. <laughs> okay, so you don't take vitamins? <laughs> no. No daily but, vitamins? No, I, a lot of bodybuilders and, and lifters and stuff will take like a multivite. Yeah. But I think a lot of them are also the ones who every single day are only eating chicken, rice, and a little bit of broccoli. Whereas I am constantly eating all of the vegetables yeah. and they're seasoned with something about kale and vinegar. Vinegar makes the iron in the kale actually absorb. I don't know. The point is nutritional science as it relates to your life changes all the time. And yeah. you see very strange repercussions to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious where this is going in the future. So, for instance, right, Mm -hmm. um, Amazon buying Whole Foods. What about it? Whole Foods used to be, you've been to like an older Whole Foods, right? What do you mean? There's the Whole Foods in Sherman Oaks that just looks like a house. Oh, I love that one. It's an old, it's an old school, like first gen Whole Foods. And the vibe in there 
is so different. It's because the ceilings are so low. The ceilings are so low because Whole Foods was just a bit of a crackpot health food store when it started out in Austin, Texas. Uh Right? It started in Austin? Yeah, Whole Foods. HQ is based in Austin. Wow, okay. Yeah, oh man, the big Austin Whole Foods they got is incredible. Never been. Um, but I think a lot of these like former health food things, Erewhon, for instance, was based off of the macrobiotic diet, mm-hmm. which was like its own sort of cult-esque fad. I've been a fan of the macrobiotic diet for years. I'll explain to them what the macrobiotic diet is. I don't actually know what it is. No, me neither. It was like Madonna. <laughs> Madonna was into it. I um, no, all I know is that there was a place called M Cafe in Beverly Hills, and I used to go to the macrobiotic cafe all the time. <laughs> I think it's it's like no refined sugars and like no refined like uh, things. Okay. Macrobiotic aims to avoid food containing toxins. There's no such thing as a toxin. Many people follow a completely vegan diet with no dairy products or meats, but some people eat small amounts of organic fish and meat. There is no scientific scientific evidence that the macrobiotic treats or cures cancer. I love macrobiotic food, though. I thought of a third direction that the cultivation of health food could go. Not one direction? No, not one direction. There's a third. So you got, like, heavy, no-carb, alpha dog, eating elk meat and stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Then you got the gut health girlies, uh-huh. which you can be a boy, you can be non-binary and be a gut health girly. You know, listen, I, I eat my, I drink my Olipop with Jerusalem artichoke inulin in there. You know, <laughs> I like to poop because I got to poop out all that elk meat that I'm eating. And then you got the third. And I think this uh-huh. is a really fun one. Which one? You got like the 3D printed meat that I think a lot of this started with like Impossible and Beyond. Uh-huh. But I think you have the futurists. Okay. Who are like Expand in the future... That. We won't need agriculture. We don't need to think about nutrients because everything will be bioengineered. I would really like to be a part of that wave. You think you can convert from you know how you a talk, gut health girly you to... You know how you talk about like how you're post-food? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm post-restaurant. Too, you're post-restaurant. Yeah. I think I'm like e- eking towards post-food too because I'm like, oh, I'm just tired of eating. You Have you had have you had Soylent? No, but I really want to have Soylent. It kind of it tastes really good. I feel like I would really vibe with Soylent for like a week and then I'd be like, I need joy. I oh, need yeah, happiness. 100%. But I think, but I would like to have the mental wherewithal to be that kind of futurist, to biohack, to like be able mm-hmm. to, I don't know, microdose mushrooms at work or whatever the yeah, heck. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, you're living one day. I'm out here. I got six days. So I wake up at 2.30 in the morning, right? And then I meditate and I get my oxytocin response in on the elliptical in two yeah. in two hours. That's one day. Day number two in my day, I take a poop. I'm there for an hour. I'm listening to a book on tape on triple the speed. To, That's this, three days. Is this hypothetical? What? No, this is how I this is how I wake up every single day. <laughs> okay. Which which of these three directions of modern day health cult esque food beliefs? Okay. Do you think you're gonna win out in the future? First up, bio biohacker biohackers who are drinking soylent and making meat out of mushrooms and adding hemoglobin uh, into it and 3D printing your chickens. I think I think it might just be all three of them going at the same rate, actually. You think we're gonna have like 3D printed yeah, elk do. meat yes, I do. with probiotics and collagen yes, inside it. So I you do. look hot like Haley Bieber. Yes, I do. But also are have such a an ab an ab belly as Joe Rogan. <laughs> ab belly. But then also, what was the Twitter guy, Jack Dorsey? But also like go to, you know, month-long silence retreats like Jack Dorsey. I think that's that's what's bound to happen. I mean, at least for the elite. I'm in. Who's the leader of this? You. Who leads it? I don't think I have what it takes to be a cult leader. I know some people say that I do. He absolutely has what it takes to be a cult leader. I don't have the stamina and the energy to do it. He absolutely does. He's just being humble right now. There's one person who's led the world, I believe, in cult-esque food beliefs. Who do you think it is? 
Well, we we order her salads all the time in this kitchen. Gwyneth Paltrow. Because there are these names that go down in history, right? Sylvester Graham, you know, uh, James Caleb Jackson, uh, John Harvey Kellogg, C.W. Mm. Post. Like, Interesting. These are names that go down in history. And I want to know the people that are going to go down in history. Liver King. This generation. The Liver King. Liver King and Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, that's a good one. That yeah, is yeah, a yeah, good yeah. dichotomy of people. yeah. yeah. And then there's like a, whoever the Impossible Food CEO is. It's a you know? robot. It's just a cute robot. It's not even a person. It's the robot making the food because they're gonna have I don't know whatever they call it consciousness in like three years when we put a chip in them. I mean that could be a, that could be a, a new good one. You know, it's just like a, an AI led. What does this have to do with cult? cereal? It all has to do with the origins of the cereal because Nicole cereal is really the origins of ourselves, and I think it tells us a lot. About us as a society and where we're going in the future. And also, okay. we made a cereal That's and it's right. called Mishmash. You can buy it at eatmishmash.com and it's very delicious. Oh, hold up the other. Oh my God, box, I'm trying. Yeah. My back hurts because I don't eat enough cereal. But if you eat cereal and collagen and elk meat and soylent, it won't. Buy Mishmash cereal, you schmucks. All right, Nicole. For you and I have to say, now it's time to find out what other wacky opinions are rattling out there in the universe. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Are Like Casseroles. But first, Nicole, before we get to that, we have everybody's true favorite segment, <laughs> Review a Review. That is where I review one of the many reviews you have left on the Apple Podcast Review page. Please go review us. It does help. This says from at Kitty Cat Kel. Almost four stars, despite giving us five stars. Wanted to give four stars for some of the opinions that Josh and Nicole have, but everyone is entitled to their own wrong opinion. And that is very true. That's the whole point of the podcast, people, at least the second half of it. That's great. And I don't think you should be judged for the qualitative analysis of your opinion, Hmm. but for the quantitative analysis. It should just be about the amount of opinions that you have and the amount of words that you say about each opinion. And let me tell you, us two, so many opinions. We have the best words. Oh, the review gets two stars. Oh, five-star review, 100%. All right, first opinion. Hey, Josh. Hey, Nicole. This is uh, Nathan coming at you from Palm Springs. Uh, Shout out, Palm Springs. So my family hates me for this, but... I'm sorry, family hates you. One weird food opinion I have is I used to like to... um, wrap marshmallows in salami and eat it when I was a kid. Whoa. And my family still hates me for it. So uh, <laughs> l- let me know what you think about that. And uh, yeah. I have a bit of a hypothesis. Okay, you go with yours. Do you think that maybe his family hates him for deeper reasons, but was just <laughs> using the salami marshmallow thing as an excuse? Why isn't your microphone on your table? I just felt like reclining right now. Uh, Maggie, is that shot okay for you? Okay. I okay, think great. I look great in the shot. I, I'm just making sure Maggie is okay with <laughs> I think I look great right now. Um, I I think I think I understand. You just wanted the sweet and salty marshmallows. I don't keep them in the house. I don't eat them in the house. I keep a lot of marshmallows in the house. You keep- I really do. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather keep salami in the house. I I, I I always keep some sort of condom meat. Yeah, like a cured, heavily spiced meat in the fridge. Love salami. Sometimes it's chorizo. Sometimes it's salam. Sometimes it's prosciutto. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's like a longanisa or a linguisa. Any wow. of the isas, really. <laughs> I like keeping them in the fridge. Um, the pairing. Uh, pairing. Uh, are you? Uh, do you, Nathan? Level with me. Are you like a cat? Cats, cats love. Cats no, love, love both novel. salami and marshmallows. Cats love novel. They text. love novel textures and novel. Fa- and they kind of are indiscriminate about 
what they taste like because their taste receptors aren't the same as ours. So I'm wondering if you are part cat. Meow. Um, but no, Meow. as a, as a human, the human Meow. eating experience of that to me would not be pleasant whatsoever. I think it'd be really pleasant. Really? Yeah, I would do that. Salami is my. You want to make meat mallows? Yeah. Maybe I do. What if Nicole instead of meat mallows, you had mac and mallows? <laughs> we did that part. You don't need to show it off anymore. Okay. Put it down. All right. Next opinion. Hey, Josh and Nicole. Love podcast. This is Filippo out in Colorado Springs. Hey. And uh, I made a mistake. Uh, oh. I bought some LaCroix because I wanted a nice little treat and never really had it before. And oh, the flavors sound nice. I know they don't really taste like anything. It smells smell. And I put it in a glass. That ruins all the flavor. All the flavors in the can. Whoa. I'm drinking less carbonated, flavored-ish, cold water. You think so? Wait a dick. Wait a dick. Wait, who can get up from this table and grab a LaCroix in a glass right now? Maggie, Maggie, run. Um, Maggie, run. Thank you so much, Maggie. I really appreciate you. Um, This is fascinating because I've never... One, I would think the opposite would happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like with a beer, when you pour it into a glass, mm-hmm. you can actually smell it. You can get the aromas. You can sure. dip, dip your nose. You go... You dip your nose inside the foam. You dip your nose in the foam? Yeah, you got to dip your nose in the foam of a beer. Oh, my gosh, Maggie! Thank you, Maggie. Wait, I need a glass. Maggie, I need a glass. Thank you. We're going to do this little experiment to see, what, see what's up. Um, this is apricot. How do you tell the... Some, some of these flavors... Like, what's a beach plum? I love beach plum. It's my favorite LaCroix flavor. I smell the apricot. I don't taste it, but I smell it and smell smells part of taste. You got it? You got that flavor locked yeah. in? Pour it, pour it in the glasses. I don't know. I, I don't have a scientific reason for this other than like they they claim that they use natural fruit essence, right? But is that in all LaCroix or is that just for like citrus ones? Does that make sense? I'm not sure. No, it smells. It's. <laughs> I didn't get it in the trash can. Filippo from Colorado <laughs> Springs is absolutely lying. It, it smells and tastes 100% more intense, like double, triple yeah. in a glass. Um, what are you saying? Filippo, I don't like that you're lying for attention. I don't like that you're making up fibs. Do you think you might have like just let it out? Like left it out maybe? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to understand. I, well, I would know. Filippo, can you call back? Was there ice in the glass? If there was ice in the glass, the coldness might reduce the scent. Yeah. No, hundred percent, and that would also release the carbonation. I'm wondering if if some mm. of the um, flavor agent, whatever's in there, is maybe trapped in the bubbles. Well, you know I, I think mean? I think Philippe needs to call back. Philippe, yeah, call Philippe, us back. Call back, man. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. But but I do think you're lying for attention, and I don't like that. We did a science experiment, and you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. Hey guys, this is Zach. I'm from LA too. Uh, my opinion is kind of just like a journalism opinion, but it presents itself a lot in the food world. Interesting. And that is, if someone states something as a question, so if an article's headline is, best ice latte in Los Angeles, question mark, mm-hmm. or best breakfast burrito in the country, question mark, mm-hmm. that's not a statement. Yeah, and I right. feel like coffee shops or restaurants or whatever will always ride that wave and be like, oh yeah, we're the best iced latte in North America, whatever. Mm-hmm. They didn't say that. They asked it. So yeah. Is yeah, this that's the, my uh, opinion. Love you guys. Hope you're well. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Well, from this is actually very, this is a very astute opinion. Yes. Zach's a very smart person. You're a person who makes uh, titles and thumbs for YouTube channels, for YouTube I episodes. was a person who probably wrote some of the articles that they're That's referencing. True. There was a really funny time. So I, I used to be a journalist um, and right. still try and keep a little bit of journalis- journalistic efficaciousness in what sure. we do here. 
But there was a time when we were producing, I just started working at Mythical. We were producing some episodes about donuts and Stevie was like, hey, like we need the like the best, most coolest donuts in LA. Can you find them? I was like, yeah, I know exactly what they are. And she goes, well, no, can you just like do some research? And I was like, Stevie, Google, Google best donuts in LA right now. And she Googled it and my article that I wrote about the best donuts in LA were at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know a secret? Do you want to know a fun secret that I thought I'd take to the grave? But now I want to, I want to tell Zach the truth. What? There were several donuts on there that I'd never eaten before. Oh. Yeah, I was just like, I don't I, I don't think I've eaten. It was like the 19 best donuts in LA. And I, you ate like maybe like 14. I don't think I'd eaten 19 different donuts in LA. You find a donut spot near you, you kind of eat it. So your journalistic integrity is not as There's sound. none. No, there it, is none. it's you are forced to write like 3 articles a day to keep the SEO search engine optimization sure. train churning. And mm-hmm. there are so many people, Jonathan Gold, only food writer to ever win a Pulitzer Prize, for, he did it for LA Weekly. Um, so many people are like, why can't we go back to the days of Jonathan Gold writing great reviews? Because he would go back to a restaurant four or five times on the dime of the publication, and he would write, you know, one review every two weeks, one review a month. Whereas you start in the industry now, you're making thirty thousand dollars a year. You got student loan debt because they won't hire you without a degree, and then you dropped out of college. So you just lied about your degree, and then you lied about the donut shops you didn't actually go to. And it's a really hard life. So if adding a question mark to the end of your thing will get fifteen percent higher click through rate. You know, and more page views that might up the advertising dollars so you could potentially make $34,000 a year instead of $30,000 a year. That's what you got to do. It's a rough life out there. What he said. I like doing this better. Hey, what's up, Josh and Nicole? This is Jeff. I'm currently moving from Arizona to Tennessee. It's about a 24-hour drive, and I'm 20 hours into it, and I have listened to your guys' podcast for every single minute I've been in the car. Your brain is melted, though. Thanks for the endless entertainment. It's been nothing short of a treat. Uh, My hot food take is that asparagus, no matter how it's prepared or what it's topped with, is not good enough to justify the fact that my pee is going to smell bad for the next Mm. three to four hours. So... Let me know what you okay. think. Love the pod. Talk to you guys next time. One, very flattering. That, that, Thank also, you for listening to us for so long. I don't know if that's a good idea, listening to us for that long. Take a break. I couldn't listen to and either of us for that Listen long. to a fantasy football podcast, brother. Uh, no, no, keep listening. No, keep listening. Buy the products they have. Yeah, use yeah. the discount codes. Yeah. Have mishmash cereal. <laughs> um, I actually did a 23andMe, and I found that I carry the gene that makes that asparagus makes my pee smell mm. like i have that did i need a test to tell me that no but <laughs> it's nice to know that i have it and i disagree i think asparagus is delicious and it's probably one of my favorite vegetables to mm. nosh on especially big asparagus not the baby I, I love big asparagus uh, big man. fat thick asparagus is my favorite and um i actually think it totally justifies smelly pee i think beets also justify your pee being a little bit tinged red and pink so I I have the beet gene because some people don't get that. They call it scarlet trace where you I eat a red it. beet. I have it hard. Why am I pee so confusing? Oh my God. I will go pee after eating beets and I will have forgotten that I ate beets <gasps> and I'll just think there's blood in my urine. And then I start frantically Googling blood, wow. urine, you know, wow. uh, start atoning for all my sins. But the asparagus thing, so I don't get that. The asparagus pee thing, I've never, I've never, I don't smell other people's pee often enough <laughs> to know what asparagus pee smells like. And so for me, I've always been flummoxed. I'm like, how often and for what elapsed amount of time are you spending in your own pee smell? And if you are spending more than, say, the 15 seconds that it takes to pee, 
with your own pee smell, I think it's more of a lifestyle issue. Like if you're just peeing in a bucket in the corner of your bedroom, I have, I've had friends that just keep a Gatorade bottle near their bed and they just pee in the bottle instead of going to the bathroom. You know, if you're doing that. In their room? Yeah, I just got a piss bottle. In the car, I understand. In your room, there's a bathroom. I agree. Nobody likes that they do that, but they do that. Wait, wait, That's wait. the point. So do I'm these saying, people have roommates? Sorry, I touched uh, you. Housemates not, not living in their room. They have, they so have, they have their own separate room where their pee bottle is. Wait, wait. This wait, is multiple house, people, by the way. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a peoples. second. A housemate is a roommate. Well, yeah, but there's a difference of peeing in a Gatorade bottle with somebody <laughs> in a bed three feet away from but you there's versus... there's no implication... Wait a second. Wait a second. There's no implication that your roommate is in the room with you when you live with your roommate. Sure, but I, I'm saying for the purpose of the pee bottle... <laughs> There's not a person. They they are enclosed by four walls yeah. away from the. Site. Do you think it's because they have social anxiety and they don't want to see the person? Like, it's definitely. It's. I mean, it's something. It's. It's one of those acronyms that is you it know, like depression, like an OCD, like a, you know oh. something like that. It, it's something. Oh, okay. Um, but I had multiple pee bottle friends, and so if you're <laughs> spending that much time around your own pee, I, I think <laughs> you have bigger issues than the asparagus smell. How many of your friends have pee bottles? Like three. Do I know any of them? No. I can't wait to meet them. Oh, yeah, no, you will one day. And I'll, I'm not going to tell you that they were the pee bottle friends <laughs> I'm until... I'm going to ask you. It's going to be my wedding. I'm going to ask you and you're going to say yes or no. I'm going to tell gonna you like, after my wedding who, whose hand like, you shook who, yeah. that maybe peed in a bottle that I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I love asparagus. Co- the only thing that makes my pee smell is coffee. I drink yeah. a bunch of coffee and I pee and it smells... Which improves the smell of my pee because it just smells like, you know, Folgers. <laughs> Um, the best actually, no, it part like, of waking up is peeing in your cup. It's actually Don Francisco. I drink Don Francisco. Oh my God, Can you do a Don Francisco jingle yeah. about pee? Una plaza, piss, por favor. Did you like that? Bellissimo. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Josh and Nicole. Long time, first time. Uh, this what? is Travis from St. Louis. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. That was I'm sorry to all the abuelas out there, but I just wanted to say that the best mayo for elote is Cupid. I ah. think. Enjoy the show. Disagree. No, no, no. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. Mayonesa con limon. Yeah, yeah. McCormick mayonesa con limon. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. No, Cupid could never. Well, no, Cupid can. Cupid could, but the best is McCormick. Mayonesa con limon. Well, here, well, let's play some devil's advocate here. Uh, Do I have el to? El abogado de diablo, if you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> abogado? abogado? Isn't that lawyer? Yeah, but advocate like means lawyer. In what world? Like, isn't uh, French for lawyers avo- avocat, which is literally where advocate comes from? Like a oh. lawyer advocates for somebody. I learned something. Like an advocate. Do they, do they still use the term advocate in Britain or not? Nah? It's kind of an old time temporal layer. But anyways, um, play devil's advocate here. Uh-huh. You're already likely putting fresh lime juice and or tahine, which is dehydrated lime juice or citric acid, on that. So mm-hmm. there's a world in which QP is, there's MSG in it. To me, it's eggier. It's a little bit sweeter, less acidic, less salty than... It works. 100%. Do yeah. you think it would be better? I, I don't... You know what's better than that? Hmm. Blue bonnet. <laughs> Are you talking about the 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 butter? Blue bonnet, fake butter, or like parquet? Parquet. I don't like butter like that. Like even in in general, I just don't. I'm not a butter guy. Butter and mayonnaise together is the best. Anelote, I don't love it. Um, The only thing I no, I don't think there's ever a world in which I prefer. Like on some bun me, they'll do like Maggie um, brown, like the brown sauce. Sure, sure. They'll do Maggie with mayonnaise and butter and spread that in the bun me, and I would just always prefer mayonnaise as opposed to butter. Interesting. 
To me, butter is just, it's like thicker, stodgier, unseasoned mayo. And so for me, if I'm doing elote, yeah, I, um, I'll generally mix mayonnaise with some sort of hot sauce, but the McCormick mayonnaise con con limon is the one that I will likely use. And then I just probably enjoy using that on most of my foods. Yeah. That's what we should start. That's a, that's another food cult out there is the QP cult. We can talk about it in the next podcast. The only thing I want QB in is if I'm mixing some sort of sweet with it and then mm. like dipping a Japanese fried dish. Is that true? There. I love QP tuna salad. No, I would rather use a, uh, like a, a best foods Dukes. Dukes does a mm. great job. Probably the best. But to me, there's never been anything wrong with best foods mayonnaise or Hellman's as it's called. Well, no, there's no more Hellman's anymore, right? I don't know. I think it's all best foods now. Something. They may have discontinued it, but I respect the fact that you're playing with elote and elote is one of my favorite foods to make. At home. I don't make a lot of elote at home. Oh, it's so my favorite thing to bring to parties and potlucks. Like uh, actual corn on the cob? Or? Yeah, I'll cut the, I'll cut the corn into like uh, three segments and uh-huh. square it off a little bit. You bring that to parties? Yeah, That's all the awesome. time. Yeah, and then I'll just, uh, you know, kind of boil a little bit, throw it on the grill, put That's it in nice. a big old sheet tray, drizzle it all with the mayonnaise. That's nice and, of you. Oh, That's it's, nice. It's my favorite thing. Nice, nice. Hey, Josh and Nicole. This is Drew from Connecticut. Usually I'm a big fan of the show, but I have to say you <gasps> oh, disappointed no. me so much. Oh my gosh. We will do it again. I just listened to your Is Pork White Meat podcast, and as a donut lover, mm-hmm. you went over at the end one of the opinions and didn't know how cake donuts were made. Oh, yeah. And that was Nicole, a weird moment. saying that they're baked. No, 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 no. As soon as you bake it, it's a cake ring. Donuts have to be fried. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a yeast donut or a cake donut, it's got to be fried to call it a donut. No way. And there's room in the world for both of them. One day you're a yeast person, one day you're a cake person. But, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) You just let me down. I'm sure you'll make up for it. But anyways, still love you and uh, take care. There was a real... The donut lover. There was a real amount of disappointment. In yeah, that have you ever, what's the last time you disappointed someone like that? Um, uh, probably more recently than I'd like. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I will do it again. No, um, um, I don't want to agree with you because if I go into the back of a donut shop and I see a combi oven, I know that it's being used. For donut cookery. No, they're probably like uh, melting the cheese on their turkey cheese croissant. I, I don't know if that tracks for a lot of people. So in LA, donut shops are like the closest things we have to bodegas in LA. True, true, true. Um, they'll sell like lottery tickets and sometimes cigarettes that they're not supposed to be selling. But you can go there. You can get like any amount of croissant sandwich and donuts. And right. sometimes you walk in and they, they're not selling donuts or coffee or anything. You try and buy something and they're just like, get out of here. And you're like, what's this storefront actually being used for? Um, so yeah, that what's up? Some cake donuts are baked, then fried though. They are some cake donuts though are just extruded. The batter is extruded through a little like shotgun thing. Yeah. But like, surely there are places that are baking them in a ring mold and then frying them because it's no, I I don't know if, if they would do that. I don't know what's going on. But I agree anymore. that donuts have to be fried. No, they don't. You, you take a yeast donut and you bake it. That's a roll. Yeah. Fry it. That's a donut. The frying is endemic to donuthood. Is it? Also, not just that I'm seeking this person's huh. approval, but I am because you set that up. Um, I found myself craving a cake donut over a yeast donut for the first time in my life very recently. Are you pregnant? I'm, I might be. <laughs> and I will love the baby no matter what gender it is, but they're playing American football regardless. <laughs> no matter what gender. They're playing football. That's brave you know? of you. 
Girl flag? boy and me? No, they're playing tag. They're playing left tackle. Uh, apple cider donut. That's a cake donut, and that's a very good donut. Is it fried? Yes, it's fried. Of course, you can. You know, you know what? You know what? Cake donuts aren't fried, Nicole. Ones that say baked donuts, like veggie burger. The 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 baked negates the donut hood. It's it's fool's gold. So you mean it's avoided so, check? So Entman's is fried. What? Entenmann's Donuts? No, I, I don't know if Entenmann's is right, but that's like a prepackaged, you know, situation. You I don't agree with that. that is endemic to Donut Hood. Entenmann's and I'm giving you an Entenmann's example. Donuts, no, I don't think they would be. They, they're not fried, right? Are they fried? I'm giving you an example of a donut that is not fried, and you're saying that Entenmann's Donuts are not donuts? Well, they might be fried. We just don't know. What do you think? Yeah, they're probably baked, right? Just be easier yeah. to bake them. But there's a spray of oil. There's a wet. Okay, That's just because it, so are you telling me just because Captain Crunch is sprayed with oil and then iced with sugar, that means it's a donut now? Get out uh, of here, Josh. You ever go to a place called Phonuts? Yeah. It's like third. they're like healthy, big. Yeah. Oh, wait, you should donut lover. Come out to Los Angeles. We'll take you to Phonuts. It's I'm gluten free, vegan, anywhere. and baked. And they have like fun little Josh flavors. Take, like strawberry like, and pistachio. And then and they all just taste 80% worse than you want them to. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to get the heck out of here. Uh, thank you so much. Sound by Hot Dogs and Sandwich. We got new episodes audio only every Wednesday. We got the video coming out on YouTube. And if you want to be on opinions or like casseroles, hit us up at 833-DOG-POD-1. The number again is 833-DOG-POD-1. I got a stain on this shirt, but Let I was going to wear it to dinner. Can I still wear it to dinner? Yeah, it's I fine. have another shirt to wear, but it kind of makes me look like lame. Can I see what it looks like? The other shirt? Yeah. No, because I think you're going to like it and you're going to tell me to wear it. And is that bad if my opinion makes... What do you mean? Are you asking for my opinion or no? Mm, no. <laughs> I wanted you to validate what I already wanted to do, which is wear this stained shirt I think dinner. you should look your best at dinner. <laughs> and for more Mythical <laughs> Kitchen, we got new videos out every week. You know the deal over on the Mythical Kitchen YouTube channel where you might be at right now. We'll see you all next time. What color is your other shirt? It sucks. It's like a polo. Why did you it's bring like a, it? I don't know. I wanted to want Stop to wear. It. I didn't mean to touch you. It's like a white polo. Remember that pink and black polo that I wore? Yeah. To the streamies. I love. Did that you like that? Yeah. And you look so handsome in like, it. You like this one. I don't like. And it. It is it bad it that cool I like enough. the way you look in certain shirts? Hey, Maggie, did you already cut? <laughs> Okay, good, because Maggie's writing Cut and MK on the Slack channel that tells people <laughs> that, hey, the repairman can start repairing outside because we've cut, but this is important. I think it makes me look, like, too preppy, and I'm already kind of too preppy looking to then... You're preppy looking? Am I preppy looking? Honey. I, I don't know. I'm you need like, to look up preppy in the dictionary because you are not preppy. Oh. <laughs>